All right, welcome back. We're here with another edition of the In The Know Property Podcast. And this time it's episode three of the commercial podcast, actually. And today I've got a special guest. I've got Marina Michael from eLending joining me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great, great, great. So having some really hot weather lately, and it's been uh, it's been actually really good, but actually really, really hot. You were mentioning yesterday your offices are like a, a bit of a sauna. Is that? Yeah, we were telling clients, don't come in. Let's yeah. all do everything over Zoom. Aircon wasn't working, and um, it didn't cool down at all, even throughout the night. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. Um, all right, awesome. Well, today we're going to touch on and run through, I suppose, the lending side of, of the commercial space and the commercial assets, right? So mm-hmm. um, I think to kick us off, though, it'd be great to get a little bit of your background and, you know, where what's your, I suppose, specialty in the commercial side of things and what e-lending is doing and, yeah, what's happening What's happening there? Yeah, so I started myself as a broker with one of the major banks, mm-hmm. uh, moved on to a large brokering uh, firm in the city. And then I actually started working for a large commercial broker um, that also worked with a lot of buyer's agents and we did a lot of commercial deals. And then we went out on our own with e-lending just around sometime last year. And now we um, we work with mainly commercial investors. Yeah, nice one, nice one. And, and I suppose what, what, what are you guys finding out there in, in the commercial space at the moment? Is there any hot topics or any like, you know, big points that people are like um, – you know, yes. looking towards a I know obviously yesterday again was another interest rate increase um, yes. <laughs> are you guys finding that that's a, that's affecting the commercial space too it's a bit slow to hit our commercial or our corporate clients especially okay. our investors um, and that comes back to how strong the the economy is with these type of assets so if you've bought um, you know a warehouse mainly um, everything that happened through covid we found actually strengthened that asset class right? Um, and what we found is that we're actually seeing rents increase in commercial and when rents increase the value of these properties go up of course because the rents kind of correlate to the value Um, and so what we find is that we're not really seeing the rates affect our investors because we're finding that the rates are still lower than the returns that they're getting Right, so in, so so rental rental rents are up, and then yes. essentially they're they're going up at a I suppose a faster pace to cover off any um, interest rate increases. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I think we're seeing rates which you know was as low as two point five percent when they were hitting their lowest. Yeah, they're around the five point five to six and a half now. Okay. Yeah. And if you've got you know a rent return at six and a half to even eight percent which is net in most cases with commercial, you're covering at least that interest portion of your mortgage or your commercial loan. Mm, Awesome. So, yeah, so it sounds like uh, interest rates are definitely a big thing, but, you know, they're probably not as impacting as much the commercial space as as what we're seeing in the resi space, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day as well, rates will always affect it in the the sense that it's going to affect lending and lending is actually becoming more restrictive. Mm -hmm. So what we're finding instead is that, new lending is becoming more restrictive. Gotcha. And we're seeing lower loan-to-value ratios being Mm -hmm. offered by lenders. Right. Interesting, interesting. Okay, awesome. And look, and then, you know, when it comes to, I suppose, the commercial lending side of it versus residential side, there's obviously some really, I suppose, big differences, right, in both of them. Um, What are some of those sort of main differences do you you find when it comes to lending from a commercial versus a residential, for instance? Uh, Look, the first and biggest and main reason why people invest in commercial property is the much higher rental yields. And that's one of the, um, look, at the end of the day, when you get into a commercial property, it's to get, uh, you know, make money. 
let's yep. get some profits. Um, you're going into a business deal. And what we're finding is those rental yields are much higher. Um, another big difference is that you find that you will get a net yield. So your tenant will take care of most of the expenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, so we find a lot of differences between residential and commercial because of the actual property that you're purchasing. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of differences with your loan to value and deposit needs. You'll find that you need a little bit more deposit yeah. in commercial. And, you know, people aren't familiar with commercial property. You know, you have you could see and find a lot of information about residential lending online. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with commercial, it's a little bit harder to find some information. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so yeah. I, I suppose what you're saying is the main difference is essentially, you know, obviously you've got that higher cash flow from a commercial asset. Um, you know, there's not a lot of info out there in regards to looking for a commercial sort of side of things. What, how do the banks actually look at a commercial property? Like, is it yeah. in the bank's eyes, is it, it's obviously a bit more riskier, which is the reasons why they're wanting more of that upfront capital yeah. and things like that. Um, but like, yeah, how do they actually look at, uh, look at commercial Asset. Yeah, it's almost like you have to present a business plan, I like to say, because you're right. asking for a business loan. Yeah. Um, you need to know a little bit more about the asset mm-hmm. and the returns that you're going to, going to get and that financial analysis. Uh, whereas when you go for residential lending, it's kind of about you as an individual, what money you're bringing in. Um, and, you know, because it's a roof for your head really and or it might be an investment for residential. Um, but, yeah, with commercial lending, they also care a lot more about what structure you're buying under. Right. And that protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're seeing less and less buyers and investors buy under their individual names. Right. A lot more joint ventures, purchases under trusts and companies. Mm-hmm. And look, that comes with its benefits because what it can actually help you with is you can then look at a lease doc loan instead of a typical full document loan. Right. So if you're a corporate client, you've got a few companies, um, there's a lot of you know information coming in. It can get very complicated, but we can look at a lease doc loan. Yeah, nice. And okay. That's something you can't really access with residential. Yeah, cool. And so, so there's obviously different, I suppose, lending um, ways for different types of commercial assets classes, right? So we have, you know, I mean, you have your warehouses, your retail, and all those type of things. I think banks, the banks typically look at these areas a lot differently than. than yeah. 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 One of the the caution that we raise really is with pre-approvals is if you're not sure of the asset that you have, that's going to make a big difference on the conditions and the terms that the bank will provide you. Mm. So if you're looking at any specialized properties like petrol stations, childcare centers, yep. the loan to value that they're going to provide, the loan is around 45 to 50%. Whereas if you're getting a warehouse or an industrial unit, um, not storage units, they're specialized. <laughs> yeah. um, you can go even up to 80% lending and a 20% deposit. Yeah, right. Okay. And you mentioned before, you were saying actually, we were chatting earlier and you were mentioning a similar story, right? Where you had somebody recently um, that had a pre-approval essentially for a commercial asset uh, and they went in and, you know, essentially didn't put any finance clauses in the deal or anything like that. And then they found out that essentially they weren't going to get the, you know, the the LVR or the approval that they thought, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So So they had bought uh, a newly built commercial property Mm -hmm. and wasn't really aware of the risks um hadn't had a solicitor review the the deal really and there wasn't a tenant or a lease in place and what's really important with commercial lending is that they look at that lease they want to see how long is left who that tenant is the strength of that tenant and their financial position so it didn't really stack up um for that client and so he went back to his bank who gave him the pre-approval and they said it, it doesn't work um, so what he had to do 
was then he was referred to us as a broker and we mm. got to overview a few lender options for him. We were still able to get him that 80% lend. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Um, which was, you know, one of his requirements because he only had that 20%. Yeah. Um, but what it did mean for him is he had a little bit of a higher loading on his interest rate because he was considered a higher risk. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. So I suppose at the end of the day, making sure that um, – you know, you're having those clauses in there as well, right? The finance clause is definitely a big thing. And then not yeah. just taking a pre-approval as essentially, you know, the yeah. the be and, and end all, right? And making sure that you're, you know, you're knowing what specific commercial asset you're purchasing and whether or not um, you yeah. know, the banks can actually lend you the same or what the pre-approval is versus that. Yeah. yeah. A big thing with commercial is that you need to have the right team on your side. Yeah. So you need your accountant to go through the best structure um, and that's for, you know, t- tax minimization as well. Um, going through the taxes, you have to pay the land tax. You need a buyer's agent to go through, steal the fundamentals of property. Is it in the right location? Um, all the information you wouldn't think of asking, like this client didn't ask. He yep. didn't um, ask, you know, so basically with this client, it was a really high risk deal because there was no tenant in place. Mm. Did he have enough funds to cover yep. that new business or commercial loan in the meantime? And then, yeah, of course, we believe you need a broker. Um, and possibly even a financial planner. So you've got yeah. to have that right team there Correct. to make sure that yeah. everything goes quite smoothly because this is a business transaction. It's yep. going to make Yeah, make there's money. a lot more. There's a lot yeah. more, I suppose, different parts can, you know, uh, that I suppose all come together at once, but there's a lot of different parts that can essentially, um, I suppose things can go wrong in each different area, right? A lot yes. different than a residential purchase where it's, it's typically a lot straightforward. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. That's some, so some good points there on, on, you know, obviously making sure that you're doing your due diligence on the on the things and making sure that your finance side of it is, just, you know, you're allowing for that clause to be able to go through that process as well. Um, yeah. with, with the, we touched on it just before, the LVRs and deposits and things like that needed when it comes to commercial property what um what do you what is typically like where are the ranges in in that side of things like how much upfront capital do people actually need to get into commercial um and is each i suppose commercial asset class quite different like you mentioned before there's a 50 percent lvr on that petrol station right that's quite a significant amount of money needed (laughs) up front especially if it was a i think we're talking earlier you said it was a circa like two and a half million dollar deal right so that's quite a lot of upfront money that you need to put into that deal right yeah um, so yeah, so what's what what's typically the LVR on on commercial sort yeah. of Look, loans? You know, pe- people have that conception that oh, it's a petrol station. What can go wrong? Um, look, this petrol station was actually in a really great location. Mm. It was on a main road. It had over fifteen thousand cars drive past a day. Mm-hmm. Um, the return it had both a petrol station plus a mechanic, and so it was bringing in about one hundred thirty thousand a year in net. Yeah net income and after the commercial loan would cost them about 66,000 in interest a year. Wow, so, so it's a sort of net net cash flow of around 70,000 or so. Yeah. yeah, straight to your pocket. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. Um and that's possible because the loan is only 50%. Right, so that means the more the the commercial loans a little bit cheaper, the interest is only on 50%. Mm-hmm. Um and you can get that. Now the the risk really and what you'll find with petrol stations is that the tenants and and a a difference between commercial and residential is that tenants are usually there for much longer. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting a typical six or 12 month lease. It could be from 12 months to we've seen 30 years. Leases. Yeah. 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 And that's, um, and I suppose the, the thing on that is making sure there isn't uh, enough 
least left on that deal, right? Because you know sometimes those specialty, I suppose, assets. Once it comes to the end of the lease, sometimes they can be a little bit harder to, to find a tenant, right? Because they're quite special in nature. Yeah. Um, so you'll find like longer vacancies, yep. and that's one of the risks with commercial properties. So if you've had a really long tenant lease, so you've had five to ten years, you'll find that the vacancy will end up being, you know, even up to twelve months. Yeah. But you've also had that really strong cash flow for much longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But back back to the loan to value ratios yep. and the deposits, um, there's a lot more you have to put in with the petrol stations. Um, also because of the way that they're valued. Okay. Um, they've got a lot more environmental risks with the tanks being underground. Right. And so it's um really important that you kind of disclose what kind of asset or what property you're looking to buy mm. when you go for your finances because you don't want to be told you only need to put twenty percent down. Go off, go unconditionally without any clauses, and then you're going to have to um, pretty much lose your deposit when you find out yeah. that it's actually fifty percent that you got to put down on yeah, petrol wow. stations. Yeah, but we would say, look, we wanted to, we we typically say thirty to forty percent deposits to put in with commercial. We're finding that people now have to put a little bit more with the increase of interest rates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Okay, so that would that be like a broad sort of, you know, if you got thirty to forty percent of you know either cash or equity to, to put in the deal that's yeah. probably what you're going to be needing regardless of what sort of you know whether you're looking at a warehouse or you're looking at a retail or you're looking at a service station yeah. that's typically how it lands warehouses yeah. are quite very strong right now mm. really low vacancy rates i think i saw somewhere about one to 1.5 percent yeah um which is really unheard of and it's all thanks to COVID and the growth of e-commerce businesses yeah yeah so we're finding that if you're Looking at warehouses, industrial units, um, we can go very close to 80%. Mm. But just because the banks can doesn't mean that you can afford it. So, again, it depends on the lease that's in place, how much rent is coming in. And it depends on your personal situation. So, we still have to look at income servicing and what other income sources are coming in. Typically, what banks want to see is that net position for you as an individual that you can cover the commercial loan by 1.2 times. Some banks even have a requirement for 2.6 up to that, 2.65. Yeah, right. yeah, so, and that's where the difference in the lenders come in play. Some that, have a different it, risk profile. And is that you're talking about the the interest component, interest right? Cover. So they're saying you, yeah. you have to essentially be able to cover that interest payment up to 2.6 times. Yeah, so, okay. yep. you know, like that petrol station we mentioned, that's 66000 about. Yep. In interest a year, you know, some lenders would be perfectly fine that you're covering it twice mm-hmm. um, with the net yield that you've got in and some lenders will be like, that's not enough. Mm. Yeah, especially because of the, the risk profile with the vacancy rates with petrol stations, it can go up to a year to two years empty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. perfect. That, that makes really good sense. The, the other thing too is obviously there's different types of, of loans, right? If you run through like the different structures, like there's, you know, you obviously have your full doc, your low docs, your no doc or your, your lease yeah. doc. Um, what are the what typically I suppose the is it is it dependent on each deal or how do you look at that or how do you actually say to your client hey you know what it's probably looking or you're probably better yeah. off choosing this type of loan for this type of asset like is there is there different things that come into mind when you're looking at different yeah. loans the yeah. first thing that we do is we want to understand the whole purpose of buying this property and these assets and what their long term goals are mm-hmm. we get their financial position and we see if that can match up. And sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes, you know, they've got an opportunity now, but their financial position isn't on paper, especially yeah. for corporate clients being self-employed and their tax returns coming in annually doesn't really reflect their income, you know, till they do their tax return, which could be six to 12 months away. So mm. we do tend to go to a lot more private lenders now. 
Yeah. Right. We started with a panel of about 35 lenders. Mm-hmm. We have very close to 70 now because of private lenders. Yeah. So they might fund short term. Uh, you might want to buy this commercial property. It doesn't have a lease on it right now. You feel quite secure to buy it. The banks won't give you the money. We will go to a private lender. Um, and then we refinance you back to a prime lender once everything stacks up. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a personal yeah, each individual, each individual case and it is yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, awesome. Well, that, that sort of covers off the LVR and the deposit side of things. Now, I think the next um, thing or what we find is, you know, going, there's another whole area of, from a valuation standpoint, right? When it comes to finding a commercial asset um, and then, you know, you, you find the asset and then, you know, you, you essentially have that, you know, finance clause and you give it to the banks and things like that. Is there's a big process that they go through, right, when it comes to valuation and, and valuing that asset. What is that sort of process? Could you unpack that a little bit for us and just, I suppose, yeah. share you know, how that sort of looks? And Yeah. Yeah, so a lot different. I think we're comparing a lot to residential. Mm. Whereas with residential lending, we will, you know, they'll get a third-party valuer. Most of the time, they won't even send someone out. All they really want to know is some comparable sales and they've got, you know, a figure there of what they think your property is worth. And that could, sometimes I've seen these valuations for residential not even be a page full. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas with commercial, the process typically is that the bank will go out and source three quotes and then actually provide it back to you as a client. Mm. Um, it's then shared with the buyer's agents, the real estate agents and the broker. And we kind of go through and say, hey, which which valuer do you think is, yeah. you know, um, looking at typical properties around this area because we want really good comparable sales, yep. especially if nothing's been happening around that area. And so you've got a little bit more to play around with, with, okay. um, with commercial in that sense. And they provide the three quotes and then we decide on who to go ahead with. So we go back to the bank. We say, let's go ahead with this valuer. And they'll go off and it can take up to two to three weeks to get a valuation yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. The typical report can look at 15 to even 30 pages we've seen. Yeah. It's going to include a lot more. It's going to include analysis on like the location, yep. the tenants, uh, financial analysis. Um, it's, it's going to really have all the bits of information that's included in our due diligence. Mm-hmm. And then the way that the bank looks at it, is if there's like any environmental risks, uh, they don't just look at that last number that we look at or what is it valued. Mm-hmm. They look at the analysis and why they come up with that number. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, the business, it's a business transaction and the bank wants to know about the business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned obviously like they'll go through 25 pages. Like what are some other things that you find are in that, in that valuation? Like there's obviously like, you know, I suppose square meter rates and, and similar yeah. properties and what they've sold for and um, going through all your council approvals and making sure oh, they're yes. all in place and things like that. What else is, is yeah. usually we in those see, 25 um, pages? We also see opportunities and restrictions. Mm, yeah. That's a big one. So what you can and can't do on that property and which is super important because, you know, a lot of our time, like we want to invest in a property when we invest in residential, we want to try to get more value and pull out more equity, right? Correct, yeah. Um, with commercial, we want to do the same thing. So which other ways can we value add onto that property? So it includes pretty much like a SWOT analysis, like what are the strengths of this property, but what mm. are some opportunities? Yeah. And it does, exp- you know, it might say, oh, you know, you've got the opportunity to expand. You've got the opportunity to go, you know, put a level up. You've yep. got um, what other opportunities there are for you to actually generate more sources of income because it is a yeah again a business transaction for sure 
and, and that's, that's a massive part. Yeah, and look, even from a buyer's agent perspective, and looking at like a lot of deals and commercial deals, like you, it's actually a really good, I suppose, backup for us as well, right? It gives us a lot of really good information from it as well. Yeah. We obviously do our own due diligence and and things like that, but it's really good to have that side of the banking doing their thing as well because it just helps make sure that we're you know we're crossing all those um, yeah. T's and, and dotting the I's. You want to make sure it's yep. a good deal for your client too. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on something there too, um, like value adding, right? It's obviously a big part of commercial and rental but i suppose when it comes to like you know if a property has got a, a value add to it do the banks actually look at that say for instance like we have a you know a warehouse that has you know some is, is on near a freeway and has a billboard on top and it's bringing in you know a hundred thousand dollars a year of, of extra income yeah do the banks actually take that into account when you're when you're valuing the property or looking at the deal for instance or yeah look i mean it's, it's bank to bank okay sometimes yeah. it's more for the the investor than it is for the bank you know, you can put on an ATM machine. Yeah. That yeah. one's something that we see quite popular. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll bring in more cash flow. It really depends on the business owner. If they're there and they're showing that source of income, then the bank can take that. At, at the end of it, it's going to be a source of income for the owner as an individual. Yep. Uh, but the actual, what the bank will follow is actually the lease, the tenancy lease. Mm-hmm. So if it's not really on that or if there's no, you know, there's not going to yeah, be a lease yeah. from it. So unless you're, you know, you've got an advertising space and you've got contracts there yep. and you can show that contract, mm-hmm. it's not going to be used in the sense of you can lend against it, right. but it is some extra cash flow that you can and it is going to be considered the valuation of the property. Yeah. The fact that you do have these opportunities that you can get more sources of income. Yeah. And then what happens then is that the possible rental sources of income increases the value of that property. Of course. And then that's yeah. when you can extract the equity mm. out of these commercial properties. So it could provide higher valuations, but it wouldn't be considered as income for servicing. Mm, gotcha. Okay, that's awesome. And what what about like, uh, you mentioned like there's ATMs is a big one that you see a lot of people doing. What are some of the other ones that you see through your side of things? Yeah, that, um, you know, typically we also see people going and level up. Mm-hmm. So restaurants love building, um, you know, like a bedroom or two upstairs, extending the back, putting a kitchen and a living space. Yep. Um, telecommunications. So if um, Telstra gives you a call to put one of their, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their poles up, that could be a, a lot of money coming in. Yep. The only thing with that is I do take a fair bit of space. Mm. Um, you know, renting out your car spaces. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And they're more... Um, they're more for what we can see is oh actually like another example we've got also just dividing the rooms upstairs into multiple tenancies okay yeah so that way and because you get a tenancy agreement for each one that's extra income and servicing for your next deal yeah perfect yeah look evaluating is obviously like you mentioned before you know when you go into a property and you purchase it you don't want to just purchase it as it is you're always looking at it and saying hey how can we add something to this and and be able to create more cash flow and more income um Awesome. So just to, to touch on, we do a little segment called the deal of the week. So I suppose just to, um, I'll throw it over to you, you know, what's something you're working on recently or purchased recently that's, you know, you think is quite a really good deal that you've come across? Yeah, we had one just about a few months ago, about three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had an investor looking to buy for a, a warehouse. He wanted one tenant, a longer lease, something a little bit more secure than what he typically has. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tenant was great. It was a 10 year lease with options. Um, and yeah, the, the return was really great. So we bought circa around three point eight nine million, mm-hmm. and the return was about the six point nine percent net. Wow! Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and in in fairness, you know, if this was a year or two ago with the interest rates that we had, he would have net you know passive income about 
I think it was about 180000 in wow. his pocket at the end. That's great. Uh, but because of the rate increases, he's bringing in a, just 100000 Yeah. It's weird how I just say just, but... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just, just, a, net, yeah, just net 100000 It's an $80,000 <laughs> um, pay cut for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But the, the great thing about that is that, you know, uh, less competition out there. So he's got this great deal. And when hopefully when rates do reduce... Yeah. That cash flow is just going to increase yeah, well to above that hundred and eighty thousand yeah. that we were going to get a year or two ago. Yeah, wow. And the what 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 area of, of Australia was that in? Like was Queensland. That in, okay, so it was in Queensland. Yeah, so yeah, we right. get a, a, a fair bit of deals in Queensland. Yeah. Well, yeah. Queensland seems to be one of those locations where you do find that those higher returns, right? Yes. Um, roughly what size of like was it a, quite a big warehouse that one or like was it do you remember the floor space on it or yeah, well, how yeah. Big was it was it? quite large i couldn't remember the square space but yeah. it was it had an office upstairs which was really important mm. and that's what allowed um this tenant to kind of go in be established and want to be there for a long time okay because uh, yeah. i've got a quite larger team yeah wow um had access to main roads so obviously trucks can come in and out yeah um and it was yeah it was an important for the tenant because they could run their business upstairs and mm. have that warehouse downstairs the warehouse was um it allowed for like the height was much higher than yeah. most warehouses yeah. so it allowed for their type of trucks to come in and out uh, but yeah it was a long lease which this client was looking mm, for perfect awesome I think that almost wraps it up. I think we've covered some really good depth on on you know the commercial lending side of things. Yeah. I think people take away some really good points from this. Where can they find you? And and you know if they were looking to you know get a, a really good commercial broker on board and help with the finance side of things, where are you? Yeah. Just online or what? Some of your um, yeah, we're online. Address? Um, you can find us at eLending Finance. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can give me a call on zero four two one one eight one zero nine three anytime. Uh, you'll get straight to me which is also a, a plus because I'll be your broker as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for coming on the, uh, for the podcast and, and have a, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. This is general advice and does not take into consideration your objectives, situation or needs. You should consider if this advice is suitable to you or your circumstances and please read any applicable PDS beforehand. This is a Henderson podcast production.